This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Who doesn't love shopping online? Trying to find a coupon code, though, can be a total pet That's why I shop with Rakuten. It's a free tool that does all the searching for you and instantly applies your savings at checkout. Plus, now here's the best part. You earn cash back on most purchases. Shopping in store? No problem. Just link your debit card to earn even more. You can download this on your computer or as an app on your phone. Check out our show notes for a direct link. Use our code and earn $10 cash back today. Hi, I'm Monica. Yep, just one of me today. Today we have special guest, Megan Kirk. Every story has a start. How you end up in a place usually starts in another place. Megan's story isn't so unlike mine, and I loved every minute of our conversation. She's a world traveler, an actress, and a cabaret singer. So we hope you enjoy today's interview and spotlight with Megan Kirk. So, Megan, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad that we're able to record in person, in your beautiful studio. Oh, thanks. I know. That's what we'll call it. It is beautiful. (laughs) Studio slash apartment. Yeah. For people listening, Megan and I just met a couple weeks ago. Yes, we did. And talking was like talking to someone I've known for years and years. Yes. And then we had some things in common, like living in LA. Mm -hmm. And well, she lived there a lot longer and I was like, uh, LA. (laughs) Flashbacks. (laughs) We were both getting flashbacks of people who just wanted things from us, or rather that was me. Every bartender that's like, so what do you do? Like nothing that can help you, buddy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's gotta be the answer. Yeah, and then and then the funny thing when people do think that you can do something for them, they're all over you. And then they figure out you can't, and they're like, out of there. I must've just had the, I can do nothing for you or <laughs> oh, come on. Because now I, I was just me in my mid twenties. So when, when did you live there? I moved to LA in January of 2002. Okay. Yeah. I moved in June of 2003. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so we were there at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Except I moved to Long Beach. Okay. LBC. Yeah. I just, I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. I moved right to Hollywood. I moved to West Hollywood, actually. It was, I, I'd been living in New York and September 11th happened, came back to St. Louis because it was just, the city got really weird and mm-hmm. it was scary. And, and then I ran into a childhood friend who wanted to move to LA. And I was like, sure, why not? Literally thinking that I'd probably go for maybe a year tops and come home. And then 12 years later, I was still there. But it was a great time to live there. Like the early 2000s, like it was a great time to be in LA because like social media had not really right. come in. Come I mean, I was on MySpace maybe in 2005. Yes. MySpace, yes. It was Friendster yes. when I first yes. got to LA. Friendster. And then I remember a girlfriend of mine going to Japan and coming back and telling me about texting. She was like, so these people over there, you can send a message to someone and they get it right away. And it's unbelievable. And we were all sitting and like huddling around going, what is this thing? It was fun. And it was, there was a real, like that was the time of the party scene in Hollywood with Paris Hilton and all that. Like I would have loved that. I would have loved that, and yet I never met anyone. It was just me well, working and going in, home. You were living in Long Beach. Yeah, it's true. And then eventually I did move to L.A. I was living um, off of Burton Way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But I was there for six or seven months. Yeah. And, you know, I lived alone. I worked alone. You know, it was hard yeah. to meet. Well, it's, L.A. is weird like that. I got very lucky. My first building was literally like Melrose Place. It was, you know, all the apartments around a pool 
and it was all like young, cool, fun people. We were the 1545 crew because we lived on 1545 North Laurel. And awesome. it's funny because people from that crew have like gone on to do really great things. Kate Micucci, I don't know if you, you know no. who she is. She's like a sitcom actress, comedian. She was one of my neighbors. So we had all these just creative, amazing people. And we would swim every day and have barbecues every night. I never would have left if that oh, was so life. fun. But, and I didn't realize how unique that was until I, I was there for eight years at 1545 North Laurel. And then I moved and I moved into this building of like crazy people. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> talked to anybody. Like I lived there for four years. I didn't know one of my neighbors. Like it was really a weird vibe. Okay. So yeah, so it really like LA is a crapshoot. The first eight years, like I said, were great because of all these great people and mm -hmm. where I just happened to live. But when I moved, I was just going insane. I think my experience with, in Long Beach was similar to your experience at 1545. Because I moved into a brand new, massive apartment complex. And the people that moved in first, in the first wave of units that were ready, I mean, there was a pool, we barbecued, we drank, we went to dinner. And it was great, but I was only there for two years. You know, so yeah, those friendships yeah. were more like, People came and went yes. and your lease was up. Yes. They raised the rent. They're yeah, like, I'm yeah. out of here. Well, that's the thing with LA. Everybody's a tra transient, okay? So it's like somebody will move in. They're there for a year. They're there for six months. There were a few like people, core people that were there for a long time. Mm -hmm. I was there eight years, like I said. Um, so there was a core group of us, but there were so many people that just came and went, which made it kind of fun yeah. because you'd be like, ooh, who's the new neighbor? Right. Great. Yeah. We had such a good time. Now, what took you to LA other than, what did you do when you were there? So I, I got my degree in musical theater. So I moved to New York to do theater. I ended up working at a bar in basically in Times Square, Irish bar called okay. O'Flaherty's, which was a big theater hangout, right? Okay. So this is my first time living on my own in a big city. And okay? you decided to go to New York as yes. a big city. I went to New York with $400 and no job. So anyway, I get there and I get this job at O'Flaherty's. Literally only got it because I walked in on the day that their head waitress got sent back to Ireland because her papers weren't right. So, so Tony, the owner, was like, can you start tonight? And I was like, giddy up, sure. And, and he asked, I didn't really have any experience. Sure. I said, did you have any experience? I'm like, yeah, of course I didn't. No. <laughs> That's great acting Didn't right know there. what I was doing. So I worked there for four years. You know, I moved there to be a singer and an actress, but I ended up just having so much fun working in this bar. I didn't do much singing and acting, okay. to be very honest. Mm -hmm. it, it was the best four years ever. I mean, it was New York right before September 11th. Once again, no social media, right. none of that stuff to gum up life. So and people that you met were the people that you met and you were either friends with them and you kept in touch with them or you weren't. Or you weren't. And it was just an exciting time in New York because, I mean, just, it, and being around the theater, so all the Broadway actors would come in to a Flaherty's after the shows. Uh, so we get wow. to know all of them and like, you know, they give us tickets to the show. I saw Rent eight times because we knew awesome. all the, the crowd from Rent. So, you know, Monica and I, we did so an fun. episode on musicals because oh, I, lo I love musicals. <gasps> oh, girl. Yeah, I love musicals. Yes, I mean, there's I, so many I still haven't seen, but yeah. I am a walking encyclopedia of musical theater. So fun. I love it. I love it. So that was a really fun time in life. 
And then September 11th happened and I, I didn't want to stay there for obvious reasons. Right. I was just like, okay, it's time. And then I got back to St. Louis and I was 28, I guess. And I realized, I kind of looked around me, everybody was getting married, having kids. Mm -hmm. I realized I wasn't ready for that in my life. Mm -hmm. And ran into my friend Brad. Like I, I, our families knew each other. Sure. So we just kind of knew each other. And he was like, Max, I'm moving to LA. And I was like, I'll go with you. It's like, okay. So we spent three months planning our little adventure. We'd go to Hacienda with a map. I remember we're drinking margaritas with a paper map, mapping out our little That's trip. Awesome. We left in January and Brad had this old junky car that the the hood like would lift up with the wind. So we had to duct tape the hood of his car down. Okay. Okay. We had walkie talkies because awesome. cell phones back then, you couldn't no. use a cell phone like out of the city basically. No. <laughs> so we had like walkie talkies. So we drove across the country and he and I got that apartment together at 1545 North Laurel. I went there kind of just to have an adventure, but my background was acting. Mm -hmm. what? And so I decided, okay, I'm gonna do some acting stuff. Well, I did um, like background work, okay. like Young and the Restless. Oh, like, I love soap operas too. It was so funny because so I'd, jealous I'd call my mom, I'd be like, I'm in the coffee shop today. So I'd you know, be the person in the coffee shop. Yeah. So just things like that. And then I started getting into singing because I've always been a singer. I started getting into the world of cabaret, which is a really interesting art form. And I didn't know that much about it. Can you tell me about it? Because I don't know exactly yes. what it is. So, Let's go, go back to when I was in New York in 1997. I went with a friend to see Julie Wilson, who was, gosh, she was probably in her late 70s at the time. She's a singer mm -hmm. at the 92nd Street Y in New York City, and it was just a concert of her. So cabaret is kind of, it's usually just a, a singer, a performer, and a piano. Okay. So very minimalist, and it's a singer who just tells stories and sings songs. So it's a very intimate experience. Like and a one-person musical. Kind of like a one-person musical, exactly. Okay. Or, you know, some people will do a show of, you know, Cole Porter, or Songs of Cole Porter, and they'll kind of give some history on the songs. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what Julie Wilson did, but she was kind of considered the queen of cabaret at that time. And my friend knew her son, Holt mm -hmm. McCallany, who's actually an actor. He's gone on to do great things. He's in Mindhunter. Uh -huh. um, yeah, uh -huh. he's the older guy. The older guy, yes. 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 Yeah, so like his that. mother is Julie Wilson. So Pauline was friends with him. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know anything about anything. Go to see her. And then we ended up having dinner with her and Holt afterwards. Mm -hmm. Then I went home just like, oh my God, that was the coolest experience ever. Started listening to her stuff and getting to know more about cabaret. Mm -hmm. Today's episode is brought to you by partner affiliate Force of Nature. Did you know that 40% of adults and 30% of children in the U.S. have allergies? Now is the perfect time to educate yourselves about how chemicals in traditional cleaners can trigger allergies and asthma. Head over to the link in our show notes and save yourself a bundle off of starter kits. Start using Force of Nature in your home today. You know, you look back on something, I'm like, I can't believe that I met Julie Wilson, you know, 30 yeah. years later. But that was my first foray into what is cabaret. So then cut to about 2007, maybe-ish. I'm in LA and I was um, trying to figure out how to scratch the singing itch because I hadn't been singing at all. So I was like, I need to get into doing some singing stuff. And actually this was kind of a weird thing that happened. So I met this guy, Kevin, and this is a little bit of a tangent. Kevin worked with the Lakers 
you know, I was like, oh yeah, I, I do singing and stuff. And he's like, well, you want to do the anthem for the Lakers game? No way. And I was like, sure. You know, we were out having drinks. Yeah. So I get a call from the Lakers the next day. If they had booked me in a month okay. to sing the anthem at the Lakers game. And you hadn't been singing. I had not been singing. Did you start singing every minute of every day? I was so freaked out. And this was the time when like, you know, the Lakers game was such a, I mean, it, it was always a big deal, yes. but this is when Jack Nicholson sat on the yes. court and, you know, all those people. Around that time, I started thinking, I had, I need to start singing more. Mm -hmm. I survived that experience. It was not the greatest singing I've ever done, mm -hmm. but I didn't die. Okay. So that's good. But anyway, so I started thinking, how can I get into the singing more? And I got something in the mail from um, Los Angeles City College that had a cabaret course. It was every Saturday from one to three, and it was like $78 for six weeks. What a steal. I was like, I can do this. I can do this. So I started going to that, and the teacher was a woman named Pisha McPhee. And Pisha, um, at that time, well, her daughter won, ended up winning American Idol, Idol as Catherine McPhee. Oh, I was going to say it. Okay, so, but yeah. at that time, Catherine was in high school. She was not famous. Mm -hmm. Pisha was... Now she's married to David Foster. She is. I know. I know. So Peach's son-in-law is David Foster. David Foster. Yes. That's right. I started taking these LACC classes. Uh -huh. And then Peach was like, would you like to come to my home to take our master class? Sure. I'd love that. So then I started doing her master classes at her house. And, you know, Catherine's a sophomore in high sure. school, like coming in, you know, How a long sweet. time ago. Yeah. Um, or actually, this was around the time of Idol. So I'm not exactly sure what year it was, but so I started getting into the cabaret scene in LA. Okay. And then Pisha directed the, the first shows that I did. She helped me with those. And then I started dating this guy who was a producer director. So then he directed me okay. in a couple shows. So that's kind of how I kind of just scratched that itch, so to speak, of creativity yeah. and singing and stuff like that. So, Oh, that's super fun. So the only connection I have to cabaret is I am a Real Housewives fan, Ooh. and Luann, oh, yes. Luann yes, she's, yes. she's all about the cabaret. Yes, so. she does, and she plays with Billy Stritch, who is a piano player. Okay. He's big in the cabaret world. I mean, if you're, he's Liza Minnelli's, oh, you yes. know, and he's fantastic. And he, St. Louis, actually, strangely enough, has a really amazing cabaret community. I wish I had known this. Yes, and they do, they do the St. Louis Cabaret Conference every summer, Okay, and Billy Stritch comes in for it. And Pisha now comes in for it and teaches and Marilyn May and all these great people. And it's people come from all over the country to St. Louis. St. Louis is such, it's such a crazy small ish city because so many things happen here. It's got all these niches mm -hmm. that I never knew about. Yeah. Especially since when I moved here, I called it middle earth. It's not middle earth. Everybody. It is not, it, and it's getting more exciting. It really is. There's so much going on. And so many, so many people are moving here too, you know, from mm -hmm. who had moved away and moving back here. It, it's an exciting time. Well, that, that's great. I'm going to have to come back and visit. And you have a show coming up. Maybe I I'll come do. back for the show. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a new place that opened um, in 2019, right before the pandemic, called the Blue Strawberry. And it's in Central West End. And they do a lot of cabaret shows. They do a lot of comedy. But it's a, it's a really cool place. My friend Jim Dolan owns it. I did a show there in November of 2019, and um, I'm going to do one in June. What date in June? June 12th. June 12th. And okay. Everyone, yeah. friends, St. Louis friends, mark your calendars. Mark your calendars. June 12th, and it's going to be songs from the 60s and 70s. 
It's the first show that I've done that doesn't have any musical theater in it because I'm, I'm usually pretty musical theater okay. heavy with like a couple smattered in like Beatles songs and stuff. This is very 60s and 70s heavy. Carpenters, John Denver, The Beatles, you know, Elton John's. I mean, the music back then was to me the best music ever written. You know, the real like story songs that uh, singer songwriter type of. It's a little before me. Songs. I'm a big 90s alternative oh, rock yeah. girl. So I missed all the 70s. Yeah. But I love the Beatles and I love all genres of music, all decades. You know, I put on the 50s for my kids because yeah. I think it's wholesome and yeah. it's got a good beat. Well, that's super exciting. I might yeah. have to. And then I, I also, I've started hosting an open mic there. We had our first one last week and it was a lot of people came. It was really, that's really cool. I, I went in going, okay, three people could come or I, or 50, I don't know. But we ended up having probably about 60 people came to watch and then okay. um, about 12 singers. I think that's a lot. Yeah, it was a smashing success, I say. Wow, I, I think there are a lot of secret singers out there. There's a lot of secret singers. And the fun thing was after we did it, so many people said, you know, I felt like I, I just kind of want to get up there and sing. And I said, you should next time prepare a song and get up and sing. So I'm a real, I'm a real pusher of like getting people out of their comfort zone and getting up and doing those things. So. That's awesome. Now who does, how do you weave the story show? Do you do that writing? Does um, I do that myself, but basically the key is finding songs that tell the story in some sort of way. You just kind of have a theme, if you will, but um, there should be just a slight arc to it. Okay. That kind of is a journey. I'm trying to, imagine it since I, I've never seen a show all the way through. They all just kind of have the same sort of sentiment, if that makes sense. For instance, I did a show a couple of years ago called The Story Goes On, and it, it closed with the song from Baby, which is a musical, The Story Goes On, and it was kind of about the people that influence you in your life musically, okay. right? The ancestry, mm -hmm. the place that you came from, and how that touches your life through music. So almost every song that I sang, had that sort of sentiment to it. Okay. But like this show that I'm doing in June, you know, I'm a huge Carpenters fan and, and a Beatles fan. So it's kind of like just kind of telling stories about how these songs have affected my life, how mm -hmm. they affect other people's lives, how you can connect to these songs. Oh, it sounds awesome. It's fun. It's really fun. And then some people do shows where they're just like, the songs of the Beatles. And the next song is If I Fell. Again, really my straight. only exposure is watching the clips of Luann on Lu The Real Man. Housewives. And you yes. know, she tells jokes. And I thought Cabaret was more like comedy, like a one person musical comedy hour. Well, it, it's it's not necessarily, it's, it's funny because people have so many misconceptions of it. A couple years ago, I went out with a guy from Seattle. I went to Seattle to see him and he, I had said, I, I sing cabaret and he took me to a, like a burlesque club, but yeah, he that. thought that was cabaret. He's yeah. like, you're going to love this. And I thought to myself, oh, he heard me say that. And it was, you know, he's like, that's what you're into. And I was like, this really isn't the same thing, but this is fun. Yeah. It was totally different than burlesque, but a lot of people associate that with it. It's also not necessarily comedy, but it does help a singer has a sense of humor because you've got to keep things moving mm -hmm. and light. There's a lot of great singers who can't do cabaret because they're not as great at as talking as they are at singing. They're okay. great at singing, but... When the song ends, they're just like, uh. <laughs> so it's, it is definitely, I find the hardest part is the talking. The, talking. the singings, I can get through those songs. It's the talking between. I'm like, I, am I going to forget what I say? You know, what it, you right. know, so. Okay, that's cool. 
But yeah, so a lot of people confuse confuse cabaret. Well, so he learned something. Yes. The uh, what is it? What was that VH1 thing that they used to do um, behind? Not behind the music. Um, where people unplugged. Oh, so with like like MTV unplugged. Yeah, well, no. artists would come and they'd, they'd sing their songs and they'd talk about their song, right? Okay. It was like a very stripped down concert of just like the intimacy of singing songs and, and, and just talking about them. That's cabaret. Cabaret should kind of feel like you're in someone's living room sitting around their grand piano and someone's telling stories and singing and people are singing along and, you know, so it should, it should feel very small and intimate. That's and personal and personal. Personal. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Well, I think everyone in St. Louis should, do they need to buy tickets in advance? You know, yeah, I think because of COVID, it's, you know, okay. better to have reservations these days. I think it's bluestrawberriesstl.com. Okay. Bluestrawberriesstl.com. We will have a link to it in the episode description. So buy your tickets and support Megan. Do you have a name for the show? I do. It is A Song For You. A Song For You. Yes, which is the title of a song that the Carpenters covered. But I'm sure everybody, I'm sure many people know that song because it's been covered by a lot of artists. We hope you've enjoyed today's Spotlight episode with Megan Kirk, cabaret singer. Don't forget to look her up at bluestrawberrystl.com for information and tickets to her upcoming show. If you like this episode, please rate and review Two Monicas and a Microphone on Apple Podcasts and help others find our show. You can also follow us on Instagram at Two Monicas Podcast, where we have an entire community dedicated to nothing serious, seriously. Today's music was provided by Musical Files, Enjoy the Life, Winnie the Moog, Fantastic World, and Kevin McLeod, Winner Winner. Full music credits, as well as other links, will, can be found on our show notes. Until next time.